everyone and welcome to the Grown Up Girls Report, a podcast for women who are in the prime of their life. Does that sound like you? Perfect. You are in the right place. My name is Alex Murden-McCann and I am your host. So it's January and I am looking ahead at all the things that I want to do in 2021 and the list is really long. I have a lot planned and uh, my husband is convinced that I have probably overcommitted. I tend to do that actually. So in addition to this podcast, I have another job. I work for a company called McAfee and I am a media ambassador. I am their cyber mum, which I love. Uh, I have four kids. Um, We are about to get a new puppy, which I am very excited about. And I have another two projects that are currently in uh, development um, that will promise to take up a lot of time. So the list is really long. Plus, I love to cook. I love cooking. I love dancing when I'm not injured and I love spending time with my friends. So you can see it's a pretty packed schedule. So I've been doing a little work on how I can be the most productive version of myself in 2021. I've been away recently. We had a lovely week away in Byron Bay and I've been reading and thinking and doing all those things that we should be doing in January. And I've put together a little plan, which I thought I would share with you because you're probably like me. You're looking ahead at the year thinking COVID's still around, but I've still got a lot to do. So you've probably guessed by now, today's episode is all about productivity and how we could be the most productive versions of ourselves in 2021 so we can get everything done, so we can be who we want to be and chase those dreams and kick those goals. I'm going to take you through it's about five or six things which I am going to prioritize and they might be of help for you too. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm actually going to take my health and well-being seriously. So I'm 49, so I'm entering that lovely peripause, menopause stage and I'm currently trying to balance my hormones and navigate my way through this this new territory for me. And look, up until now, I've always really prioritized my kids' health. Two of my boys, as you may know, have been quite sick over the years. So a lot of energy has gone into getting them better and, and to be honest, keeping them well. But I've realized that as my fatigue has increased and as I'm just not feeling great, particularly during the end of 2020, I've actually got to take this stuff a bit seriously. So I have you know, made some appointments with a wonderful integrative GP that I love and um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do whatever I can to get my health back on track. The other thing I normally do in January, well, I've been doing the last three or four years, is after Australia Day, I start a bit of a diet. Well, I'm going to call it a health kick. So really from Melbourne Cup through at Australia Day, now Melbourne Cup, for those of you who aren't Australians, it's early November. Uh, It's the first Tuesday in November. So from the early November through to late January, it's pretty intense when it comes to going out and and eating and drinking. So I sort of tend to be a little bit relaxed with my intake. And look, the kilos do pile on a little bit, but you know what? I think you've got to live. So I just go with that. So what I try and do is come the 27th of January, I try and pull it back. So last year, I uh, I actually went on quite an extreme diet after um, Australia Day. It was an HCG diet, uh, which I took homeopathically. Now, that's a whole other podcast episode in itself. But anyway, in, in, in summary, what it is, is HCG is a hormone that your body produces naturally when you're pregnant. 
And when you actually take it, and some people actually actually um, in, inject it, the actual hormone, um, I didn't do that. I just took it homeopathically, which some people say doesn't work, but let me tell you it does. When you take it, what it does is, I am told, and I'm not an expert, that it encourages your body to burn fat from its existing sources, but it also helps suppress your appetite. So while you're taking this HCG, homeopathically in my case, you actually eat a reduced calorie diet of 500 calories a day. That's not a lot of calories. And um, critics of the diet will say, well, of course you're going to lose weight. You're only eating 500 calories a day. But anyway, I did it for six to eight weeks and lost 13 kilos. It's the most incredible diet I've ever been on. But the problem with it is it's very hard to live a normal life. You don't have a lot of energy. You can't exercise like you, like, you know, if, if you like exercise, you've got to pull that back and it's hard to go out for dinner. So we would be saying no to dinner invitations and not being able to entertain. So I thought this year, I'm going to be a little bit more sensible and go back to my first true love, which is Weight Watchers. So I'm going to start my Weight Watchers health kick on the 27th of January. And I know when I eat better, I feel better. So I am investing in myself. I'm not trying to lose ridiculous amounts of weight. I'm just trying to get my health back on track and my my blood sugar and all those things, which we all need to think about. So the other thing as well which is so hard for us as mums and as as women in this middle part of our lives where we're juggling kids and then often aging parents, is to actually do a bit of self-care every day. And that term has never really sat very well with me because part of me feels like self-care is, I don't know, self-indulgent. It's being a bit selfish. It makes me feel a little bit guilty really for thinking I need to factor in some self-care. It all sounds very, uh, I don't know, just just doesn't sit well with me. But you know what? If you think about it, self-care is actually anything we can do that helps us see an improvement in our physical health. So, and the benefit of actually doing something that invests in ourself is that it means that we are more robust, we're stronger, and then we can take better care of the people we need to look after. So think of it like that. So think of it like investing in yourself means that you are better able to to help or to serve. So so I'm really going to take this seriously. And one thing I'm going to try and do, which I don't know if it's even possible, is to try and to get into a bit of meditation. Because I do find that um, I can get stressed quite easily, as you tend to when you've got a big list of things you need to get through. So I'm going to try and do a bit of meditation. I'm going to start very slowly. But if that's not your thing, don't worry. Get outside, read a book. I know a book club I could recommend. Start a vegetable garden, go for a walk, laugh, put some music on and dance. But I think if we do a little bit of something for ourselves every day, it fills our tank, which means that we can use that petrol, for want of a better metaphor, for, for, for others, for our partners and our families. And there is so much research on the benefit of of looking after ourselves, I found I came across this study that was done in 2019 that found that that student nurses um, that who actually neglected their health and wellness needs while training to look in look after others actually reduced their effectiveness when providing care to their patients. So, if you're actually wanting to do this but feeling a bit guilty, just think about that. There is science behind this, people. We can we can do this. Now, the other thing as part of this whole health and well-being and investing in ourselves is exercise. Now there might be, you might be a mad keen natural athlete. Lucky you. I'm not. I try very hard. Um, I'm sporting a bit of an injury from, um, from a situation where I was doing the splits that went wrong um, some months ago. So I've got a hamstring injury. I'm still trying to work through. So I'm now able to walk around the block, which is a big achievement for me, but 
I know that exercise, we all know that exercise makes us feel good. There's research study after research study. And, you know, the good old Mayo Clinic in the US, which is one of the top places to get your research from, they have multiple uh, research projects that confirms that exercise improves mood, boosts energy and promotes better sleep. You know, it's a no brainer. And if you're going to ask how much you need to be doing, well, there are some guidelines. The Australian government, thank you very much, has actually put together some guidelines that suggest that every week we need to do 150 to 300 minutes of moderate intensity physical activity, which is basically about two and a half hours of you know, moderate intensive activity. So like a, an intense walk, I think that means that you can sort of, you can just speak, you can just speak. So they also suggest though, that we do some muscle strength in the activity at least two days a week. And also that we minimize the time spent sitting. Well, that's a no brainer. So look, you know, if you can ramp up your exercise, you're going to feel all the better for it. So I'm going to start with trying to get to 10,000 steps a day on my trusted Fitbit. And that will include for me walking around my block probably three or four times a day, which is not a very big block. So that's going to be my first step. And once I've achieved that and um, my hamstring is behaving, I will be ramping it up a little bit more. So that's on my agenda. So the other thing I'm going to do is I'm going to try and be smarter with my time because I, ha- I don't have a lot of time. There are only 24 hours in the day and I have a lot of things that I need to get through. So one of the things that I was reading um, during my holiday was a book by um, an American guy called Hal Elrod called The Miracle Morning. Now, Hal Elrod, I'm going to summarize it for you, puts together this six-step morning routine um, using what he calls life savers. Now, I will just run you through these. It's a great book. I highly recommend it. Even get it on Audible if you want to, you know, listen while you walk. That could be a good use of time. So he is a big believer in um, silence, starting every morning with a period of purposeful silence, then doing some affirmations, so programming yourself to be confident and successful in everything you do. Then visualizations. So imagining what it is you want to achieve and then mentally rehearsing what you'll need to do to achieve it. Then doing your exercise, then doing some reading. So, you know, learning from the experts, like seeking out books and 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 articles from people who are masters in their field um, and people who have achieved success that you, and you, that you can learn from. And then scribing. So writing down your insights and your thoughts, as well as, I suppose, ideas for opportunities that may come your way or you you, you would like to pursue. So that is his miracle morning. Now, people rave about his approach. That may be too much for you, but it's, it, it, is, it is definitely food for thought. If Hal doesn't do it for you, you would have heard of Marie Kondo. Now, Marie Kondo, um, where do I start? She has a New York Times bestselling book, which is called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which took tidying and decluttering to a whole new level. This is a wonderful Japanese um, decluttering expert who is all about how you, how you declutter your life. Um, and you may remember if you've read the book that it's all about when you touch something, if it sparks joy, well, then you can keep it. If it doesn't, you should throw it away. But she actually uh, believes that starting the morning with good energy is actually really important for productivity. So for, for Marie Kondo, she has a particular morning ritual, which I just thought I'd run you through. So what she does is she opens up all the windows she burns incense and then she says a prayer. 
which works for her. But I think what you need to do is work out what works for you. So you might like doing a yoga class. There are some amazing YouTube yoga classes available. It doesn't cost you a cent. You could write in your journal. You could read a book. You could meditate. You could whip up a healthy breakfast. One of my boys who um, I adore dearly, but uh, who probably struggles with a bit of organization. No names will be mentioned here. We actually spent a bit of time this morning actually just putting together a morning routine of him. He's in the long break between uh, uni semesters. He's got a lot of time on his hands. So um, as you can imagine, I'm concerned that not a lot's getting done. So we took some time this morning and put together a morning routine for him, which included things like, well, you know, in, I love boys very much, but sometimes you need to spell out the basics, you know, having a shower, you know, picking up your dirty clothes, probably a little bit too much detail if you are a grown woman, but, you know, doing your exercise, taking your vitamins, reading for 20 minutes, working out what you're going to do for the rest of the day, looking at your diary. I'm hoping for good things. I really am. But I've also done the same thing for myself. So I am taking up uh, you know, taking uh, advice from myself as well. And I put together a morning routine for myself, which isn't quite as um, a pu- much of a pump up session as Hal's, although I may work towards that. So I think um, I think that's really important. I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to put my active wear on, which I, I just love. I'm going to take my vitamins and I'm immediately going to go and walk around the block, get my exercise out of the way. I'm going to come back, cook some breakfast, you know, basically get on with my life, do a load of washing. I've got it all worked out. I won't bore you with the details, but I feel like I've actually, you know, tightened up how I can use that time quite efficiently. So I'm excited. Now, for those of you who are regular listeners, you may remember an episode of the podcast we did last year with an incredibly inspiring lady called Julie Jones, who is a productivity ninja from Think Productive. Now, Julie specializes in basically training people to be the most productive version of themselves. And that was an episode that really, really stuck with me. It was episode 31. So it's very easy to find on any of your podcast apps. You can find that. So one thing that really stuck with me, in fact, I think Julie's best piece of advice is boss thinking. Now, in the ninja mindset, there are two different types of thinking. So there's boss mode and worker mode. So what Julie recommends is every day spending five to 10 minutes doing some boss thinking. Now, this is ideally something you do first thing in the morning. It could be part of, you could actually factor this into your morning routine. And what you should do is you should plan your goals and your tasks and your priority for the day. Then what she suggests is you actually choose your top five things today to reduce overwhelm. And I actually have been doing this since I spoke to Julie. So what I ask myself is I say, okay, what other t- what's making you feel stressed? What do you know you need to do today so that you will feel more relaxed at the end of the day? What do you want to avoid hanging over your head tonight? And that is how I find my top five things to do. It could be like making a doctor's appointment could be sending an email that you don't want to send or having a tricky phone call. It'll be Whatever it is, those things need to be your priorities. And just on that, digging down a little bit more on that too, do the hardest stuff first. That's coming from Alex, not from Julie. But, you know, we all have things that we don't want to do that, you know, we're feeling a bit nervous about. Do it. Just do it. Do You know, channel the Nike thing. Just do it. Get it out of the way. Now, when you actually do your boss thinking, This is a very important step. You also need to allocate time for these tasks too. 
Um, And that's when you will be in worker mode. So for example, if I just look at my life, I have to do a lot of writing in my life. So if I have got a piece of writing that needs to be finished, or I've got um, some editing, some tech editing stuff to do, I'm better off doing that in in, in quite large chunks. So I will think, okay, I'm going to clear my day between one to three, one to three, I'm going to do my writing. And then, you know, I can do my text, text stuff. Actually, I prefer to do early in the morning or do my text stuff between nine to 11. And that way I block that time out. I try and turn my phone off. We'll get to that in a minute during that time as well. So then what Julie suggests is once we've actually allocated the tasks and the time for them, we go into worker mode. Now, worker mode is when we actually go dark to get things done. And she actually shared this great technique called the Pomodoro technique. With the Pomodoro technique, she likes 25 minute bursts of focused work with five minute breaks in between. So you may, but, but she also does say that if, for example, you can, you can go for 30 or, or 35 minutes, adjust it to whatever suits you. There's no rules here. But what she says is that um, so have five minute breaks in between your bursts. And after four of these, take a longer break. So have your lunch times. So to help you stay focused, Julie recommends an app called the Forest app. Now this is about three bucks. It's available on the app store if you're an Apple user and Android users can also grab it too on um, the appropriate Google Play stores. Now what this does is it's a bit like a game. So you nominate the allocated time that you want to stay focused, 25 minutes, half an hour, whatever works for you. And during that time, you will grow a tree. But if you leave the app before the time is up, your tree will die. So it's a little bit like a game, but it encourages you to stay focused. It's really good. And I'm getting a little bit addicted to it for all the right reasons to help me with my productivity. Now, during your five minute breaks, make a tea or a coffee, go to the bathroom, hang out the washing. It does take a little practice because you know, I know sometimes I, I find for me, I'm about 30, 35 minutes and I can actually go a little bit longer, but I'm actually more effective if I don't. I'm more effective if I actually cut it off at 35 minutes. Um, the other piece of advice that Julie shared, which was amazing, is like I said before, scheduling your hardest tasks when you are at your most productive. She shares stories about how she can get up at six and have all of her her whole day done by midday. Don't ever schedule hard work for afternoons if that's when your energy is at its low point. And that makes such sense, doesn't it? It really does. Managing technology is going to be another focus for me for 2021. And I'm sure you are the same. Um, for example, I will I work at my stand-up desk, and that's part of my new 2021 approach. And I have my phone by the side of my laptop. And my phone is on silent, but I can see when notifications come in. And I try not to let them catch my eye, but I'm going to be honest, they do. They do catch my eye. And you know what? There are apps. There are multiple apps that will actually help us control our phone usage. I mean, to start with, you can turn off the notifications. That's a complete no-brainer. Other people find it helpful changing their phone's display to grayscale, which basically removes all the color and uh, all the stimulation as such. But there are also apps like um, Flipped, freedom, self-control, off time. There's a whole array of apps that can be used for both your laptop and your mobile phone. That basically means you can actually go into to dark mode or worker mode to use some of Julie's terminology, which means you could be far more productive. And I know when I use these apps, I do pump out more work. I am more effective. And so this is something I'm going to be using more and more in 2021. 
So the other thing I'm going to do is actually be a bit smarter with how I manage my emails. So look, really up until recently, I have actually just been checking my emails on and off all day. But what I'm going to do now after doing a bit of a deep dive in this over Christmas is I'm actually going to just basically try and check them really just once a day. So in the morning when I, you know, turn my laptop on and have the fresh cup of tea, I will go in and I will clean out my inbox, work out when it needs to be replied and responded to and go from there. I will check back in later in the afternoon just quickly to see if there are any big, you know, any, any big issues that need to be attended to. But I will really be spending most of that time in the morning. And I think that is a much more efficient way of using time. And the other thing that's interesting about regularly checking emails is it can actually make you feel stressed. So there was a a study done by the American Psychological Association in 2017 that showed that if you're constantly checking and responding to emails, even on your days off, even when you're not supposed to be working, can actually lead to increased stress. And um, they do recommend actually having a predetermined time frame for checking emails. So that could be very helpful. And that's something I'm going to be doing. And can I also recommend that you um, share some of these apps with your teenagers, particularly if you've got any doing the HSC, because these apps, they can be a real, real game changer. Now, the next point in my productivity enhancement plan for 2021 is something I have struggled with, if I'm being honest, my entire life. And that is saying no. (gasps) I really, really don't like it. But you know what? I've actually done it twice today. And yeah, it was a little uncomfortable. But gosh, it felt good after I had uh, sent one email in particular. I felt, yes, I fist pump. I was doing a bit of a fist pump. I was so proud of myself. Look, I, I actually love helping people and I love getting involved and I love getting stuck in. But saying no is actually a little bit about self-preservation. And let's be honest, if we're going to be productive, we've gone through the fact that we need to look after our health and our well-being and self-care is a priority. So saying no is actually a really important way of investing in ourselves. And that is going to obviously enhance our productivity. I think when I say no, I I immediately think I'm, I'm a bad person. You know, I'm rude or I'm selfish or unkind. But that is actually just so unhelpful. Those are outdated beliefs, people. We need to think about saying no as actually being empowered enough to think about ourselves. And as we said before, by investing in ourselves and making sure our tank is full and we can be productive, we're also in a position to be able to help others as well. So saying no does not mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean that you're rude or selfish or unkind. What it means is, is that you're valuing yourself. You're investing in yourself. You've got boundaries. You know what you need. You know you need some time out. You know you need to think about your own health and well-being. You know you need to prioritize self-care you know that you are valuable. So let's try and work on that in 2021 and reclaim some time and some headspace. Now, my last thing I'm going to focus on is actually taking regular breaks. Now, we heard before from um, Julie Jones's insight that I shared that she suggests, you know, five minutes every, every half an hour, roughly, and then a bigger break in between. But But, you know, particularly because a lot of us are now still working at home and I reckon nothing is going to change very quickly on that front for some time, that we need to schedule in frequent breaks. So take the dog outside, sit outside with a cup of tea, do a quick YouTube workout, just get out of the area that that you work in if you can. And actually extending that whole theme of taking breaks. 
I think there's something very empowering about actually taking little mini breaks and holidays. So looking forward to 2021, my husband and I tonight have decided we're going to sit down and we're going to plan some breaks. And it makes me feel like I'm a, an eight-year-old or a 10-year-old, but often I think it's as simple as having something great to look forward to. It's actually quite exciting. Sometimes half the beauty of a getaway is the anticipation of it. So I'm thinking we're going to you know, book a few things in. They don't need to be expensive. They don't need to be far away because obviously COVID is still very much alive and happening in our world, unfortunately, but things are better. Things are better. So we're going to put a few things in the diary. We're going to book some things. Um, I love booking things on Expedia or booking.com where, and I always select the free cancellation option. So that is something that I find helps me be more productive with my time because I know I've got to get all of my work done by a certain date. I've got something to look forward to. So it does keep, it does, does keep me going. So that is in a nutshell, my friends, what I'm going to do this year to try and be the most productive version of myself. I hope it is helpful for you on some level. I'm going to put um, some of those points together in the show notes um, with some links to um, the wonderful Julie Jones and that episode that we did um, in 2020. I'll also link to Marie Kondo and Hal Elroyd's book because there's some great info in there as well. But I think it is also about being consistent because if you think most of us start every new year with some lofty ideas and some big dreams and a new plan, but you know, come February, March, April, they are a thing of the past. So I am going to try as hard as I can to be consistent, to be committed and just aim to be the most productive version of myself. Because if I have any hope in Hades of getting through this ridiculous list of things I have planned for the year, then I really need to be. I absolutely need to be. But I'm also going to be a bit realistic because if this plan needs to change or evolve during the year, well then so be it. It's all about being flexible and being able to pivot. Gosh, didn't 2020 teach us that? So I am wishing everybody a very productive 2021. Here's to a year of good things, health, improvement, productivity, and making all of our dreams and goals come to fruition. I look forward to your company next week on the podcast. It is such a joy to be with you every week, to have this time. And I thank you so much for putting the time aside and being part of uh, the Grown Up Girls Report community. It is terrific to have you on board. So lots of love, everyone. Here's to a good week and I will see you soon.